Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. That's it. We've made it to the COB on this Monday. Brand new trading week, Danny. Same old story, it seems. It's a happy Monday, except if we look at the markets <laughs> yeah. when it's not very happy. But look, I think we, well, the CBO 200 has slightly come off the bottom. It's currently off by just under 12 points or nine tenths of percent. And I have the ASX 200 down by 58 points, 6,842, yeah. <gasps> or 0.85%. Did briefly touch the lows of the year earlier today. So we're we're off the lows of the session. Still a few trades to go through the ASX, but yeah. pain, pain being felt out there by many, many investors. I had a good chat with Dean Fergie from Cyan Investment Management in the small caps today. And whenever I think pain being felt by investors, you've got to think of those small, small cap caps. investors. But yeah. there's a lot of news in the small cap space, which we'll get to in just a moment. I think overarching, um, I called the newsletter tonight, Misery Loves Company, because... <laughs> You know, if we're not alone, let's put it that way, if we're trying to put a silver lining on things. I mean, look to Japan's market, look to China's market. All of these markets are really suffering around Asia. China's blue chip index hit its lowest level since you know, 2020 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's across the board. And of course, there's no respite in bond markets either. Because, no. you know, traditionally you get that offset, but bonds haven't been helping either. So fund managers really, they are in the boxing ring at the moment. <laughs> Uh, defensives though today proved yeah, their metal, didn't they? Exactly. So I thought the uh, defensives were rocking and rolling. So healthcare <laughs> stocks, no one. I had to tweet it. I spy with my little eye something that was green today. Yeah. It was CSA. Actually, it was across the board, which was really exciting. And uh, it was also, I think, the staples were positive yeah. today. So look, maybe some bargain hunting is starting to come into those defensive stocks. But the scenario that I'm talking about with all guests and in a lot of my reading is just that volatility has returned. It's returned yeah. with a vengeance. Even the volatility index in Japan today, yeah. you know, was moving exponentially higher. Uh, the CNN Fear and Greed Index, you know, is in the fear territory. And we've mm. just got all of these volatility indicators rising, including the VIX index in the United States. So look, um, today was quiet on the economic front, but it's yeah. a really big week. Absolutely. Huge this week. Um, not only here in Australia, so we've got the September CPI. I think the reading, it sort of it looks like 0.9% mm -hmm. is, I think, what they're looking for. And of course, the key question, isn't it, is whether or not if it comes in at 1.1, 1.2, heaven forbid, 1.3, what Michelle Bullock is going to say. And she's speaking, I think, twice this week. She is. Isn't she? She's speaking tomorrow. So we'll see if I doubt she'll drop very many clues, no. but we'll see if she sort of lays the groundwork for what the bar may be. We'll see. And then she actually has another engagement the day after the inflation rate. So I always wonder, you know, <laughs> if these media teams say yes or no. Obviously, they're very cognizant of the data that is around and the fact that we're approaching the next meeting. So look, there's a strategy, I'm sure, behind it all and very much so when it comes to what she will and will not speak of. So we'll have to wait and see about that. But let's run you through some of these sectors. Yeah. Copper was down. 
uh, iron ore was down. Yeah. Uh, coal was down. Yeah. And uh, oil was down. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like screaming a positioning in terms of global growth slowing. That's what they told me today. But we never want to read just too much into what is going on. As we can see, big selling across the metals and mining stocks there. Yeah. More reports about problems in the Chinese property market. I won't go into details, but, you know, when you see that happening, that puts pressure on the price of of iron ore and um, our stock of the day actually we'll get to China and its attitude toward critical minerals as well. So there's a little bit of a tease for you, but to Danny's point, it wasn't all bad news. Uh, we did see some good moves in health. Exactly. Uh, so ResMed, just a reminder, they have their virtual AGM coming up on October the 27th. So I wouldn't be surprised if some people are doing some buying in anticipation of that. But across the board, and uh, if we have a look at the next page of healthcare stocks, we will see Promedicus was also yeah. firmer today. And I think that's off the back of an announcement of another $16 million contract there. But really, across the board, buying. And also in the staples. There we go. Uh, Treasury wine estates potentially yeah. benefiting from the removal of, of those wine tariffs. Although speaking to Henry Jennings, he feels like this is a long road to hoe yeah. on that one. But I think all investors will take any positive share price movements today. Well, if you've got to make a move, you've got to make it somewhere, right? <laughs> and uh, Treasury wine estate is one of the top corporate stories. You know, this is an yeah. interesting one with Albanese heading to China, but Treasury Wine did come out and say that they can move to meet the market in yeah. China quite quickly. So positivity there, you're right, $16 million US contract for ProMedicus. And um, we are in the quarterly reporting season, yes, a uh, production reporting yep. season, I should say, for a lot of these um, these miners, and that included South 32 today, Met Coal Production down, Ares yep. Resources. That's a pretty severe reaction to its quarterly as well. Yeah, absolutely. And Propel, actually, I missed what well, they were doing. It came out saying that it's not going to entertain the offers that had been made for oh, the company, that's right. just saying that they were not compelling enough, basically. Um, it was quite, you know, it, like I said, there was no economic data, but yep. there was quite a lot of little corporate stories. One of which was Imitemp. You spoke with the CEO. Yeah, so they had some really uh, positive phase two trial results with FT, which is um, uh, being used with Keytruda, which is the big Merck drug. So basically it means for single cell lung cancer patients that they're getting um, improved longevity for about 35 months, I think it is. Um, and uh, really positive for them. And yeah. obviously just looking there. So just to remind everyone, New Hope has gone extinct by 30 cents so it's clearly um, it sold down more than that drone well, coal, coal prices coal week, futures in the, China were down 3% there as well. you go so it's a double whammy Sierra resources are heavily sold down but off to the races off the back of that uh, announcement that came out on Friday which was the fact that China is looking to put potential uh, export tariffs on some of the graphite markets. So, yeah, China's saying that it was doing so for national security purposes. So the yeah, question right. is, will it, uh, <laughs> will it extend to you know rare earths? Anyways, I put we had a mining special on the call today. And so I put uh, the graphite question, the Soraya Resources Talga Group was another one that Chris, one of our viewers, wrote in to ask about. And so I put those to my guests, uh, Daniel Ortizzi from The Stock Doctor and Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor.
like Syrah, probably has one of the world's best natural graphite deposits, but it's actually really never been able to make any money at all. Um, and the graphite market is just so opaque, so dominated by China, not only the processing, but, but the production as well. And it also comes back to, I think, in the EV material, so the anode material, it does seem to be from kind of the industry experts uh, who I've listened to that the synthetic graphite is a more dominant use of choice because I think it's a less volatile matter and um, has higher purity. So look, I'm a little bit concerned about the natural graphite market um, and obviously a lot of these stocks on the ASX, we'd probably be avoiding all of them. Um, I, th I think graphite is a very difficult problem. It's, it's, it's not like lithium where you have to um, dramatically grow the discovery, the processing um, and the supply of the good. You've already got a artificial way of producing graphite and that just has to scale a little bit more every year. And, and it's pretty simple to do that. That's not an intractable problem. Um, the, the China news is, is bad. I mean, it's not good when supply is withheld, but it can be switched, off, switched back on tomorrow. And I don't think that's any reason to re-rate a stock. I wouldn't pay any more for, for, the, for the business just because of that, because the, uh, the, the, the reasons it's been switched off, it can be switched back right back on again. Mm. Talga, I know nothing about, so I won't, I'll just leave um, those comments with, with Daniel. But um, this is an excellent mine in a difficult jurisdiction in an area I'm not particularly interested in, and that's probably too hot in any case. definitive view there coming from my guests on the call. We had a great chat about many different um, commodities, many different companies, obviously. And so you might want to check out uh, the call today, either podcast form or online. But um, you spoke with Henry Jennings as well about that graphite story. Yes, I did. And I'm trying to dredge back. I think his point was that, Cy how do you pronounce it? Syrah. 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 I always Syrah. go Syrah. But anyway, um, had been deeply, deeply shorted. Mm. So he felt that a lot of short covering going on in that space. And he also just made a really good point going a little bit off script that Pilbara Minerals has 15% of their stock shorted at the moment, which is oh. absolutely massive. It's really interesting to keep an eye on those short reports and they're accessible to everybody. Mm. Um, I can't remember the website off the top of my head. You just have to Google it and you'll be able to find um, what's being shorted. It's data that comes from ASIC, in fact. Um, look, are we talking to Josh Gilbert, who's joining us from eToro? Josh, hi. It's a really good chance to speak with you. Well, today, obviously, um, with all the selling going on, but also considering what's coming later in the week in terms of U.S. earnings. Yes, yeah. big, big tech. I mean, Josh, we had uh, two of them, two of the Magnificent Seven. One sort of fell off a cliff, poor old Tesla, and Netflix surprised to the upside. So what do you, have you got any thoughts? We've got uh, Meta, we've got uh, Alphabet or Google, uh, we've got Microsoft, and I think we've got Amazon yes, as well. I know there's four of the seven. I mean, that's like huge, isn't it? Yeah, look, ma massive week, and and that obviously comes off the back as as both of you sort of said there, the sort of the Tesla and Netflix numbers uh, that we had last week, one miss uh, and one pretty big miss, and one pretty big beat as well. So I think we're we're sort of looking at tech earnings right now and saying, look, this is what we really need to to sort of deliver. We need tech to deliver more than ever, and I think it could give us that much needed boost to markets, and I think it will go a long way you know, for sentiment, um, you know, four of those magnificent seven sort of coming through, you know, big focus, obviously going to be there on AI, of course, all four of those names heavily involved across AI, uh, margins are going to be sort of the, the big focus there as well. 
but look, tech is is the sort of the market behemoth. It is the sort of the you know the, the big sector in in sort of the U.S. Um, it is the the best performing sector as well, and it has got the sort of the strongest growth at the moment. And and that magnificent seven is going to be sort of leading this sort of earnings recovery as well, which is sort of really important. I sort of had a look at some sort of data that, that we sort of pulled out today, and and magnificent seven earnings are set to rise over thirty percent. Compare that to the rest of the S and P five hundred. That's minus two percent. You know that really justifies their valuation, and it's going to be a huge lift to markets if they can sort of deliver this week. And and we sort of can already see how you know if you don't miss how much you're going to be sort of punished, which is what we saw with Tesla last week. I don't think Mr. Musk really helped himself on the on the earnings call last week. Um, but yeah, it's it's a huge week for for those names, and and overall, uh, you know, a big week for markets um, with with such massive um, weighted names uh, coming through. Yeah, and especially when you consider that uh, you know the S and P five hundred has been down for four consecutive sessions. You know, there's lots of talk technically about uh, how the S and P five hundred is looking, and therefore where it goes. What's your view, Josh? Well, look, markets are sort of climbing this wall of worry right now. We've got, you know, a lot to sort of worry about. There is always something to worry about in markets, but it seems that the wall seems to be getting uh, higher <laughs> yeah, every day. Bricks every moment. day um, rising, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, whether that's yields, whether it is the geopolitical tensions, whether it's this higher for longer sort of rates narrative that's obviously dampening sentiment really and obviously you've got a US economy that continues to remain, you know, beyond many or most um, analyst scope of, of how resilient it's been and, and continue to sort of surprise. And we've got a GDP number at the end of this week. And I think that's going to just show, um, you know, how hot that economy is with with a pretty strong reading. I, I think we're expected to see there. That's coming on the back of retail sales last week as well. So look, lots to worry about. But I think what's really important is that you know, maybe this is sort of the new um, you know, the, the sort of the new market. I think, you know, we, we're starting to see more often, um, you know, rising uncertainty in markets, you know, whether it was from obviously Ukraine and Russia that seemed to have subsided. Now we've obviously, obviously got a little bit more going on in the Middle East. And, and obviously th- those sort of that rising uncertainty is never good. It, it sort of it saps economic growth. It de- delays those sort of um, decisions being made. You know, if we look at sort of IPOs at the moment, we had a real flurry in sort of September and October. That's that was sort of now been sort of cut back um, quite heavily as well. But I think for a little bit of context there as well, that the sort of the idea behind sort of geopolitical shocks uh, over the last sort of 70 years have, have ultimately had limited impacts on sort of stock markets. Um, so I think if we sort of take a bit of a, a zoom out and sort of remember what we've seen over the last sort of 70 years, it hasn't had a long term impact uh, on markets other than obviously some of those uh, sort of massive events such as world wars, etc. Um, but again, zooming out short term pain, uh, long term investors, uh, I think maybe are going to find some opportunities around this level, just going back to that S&P 500 point, I think there's, you know, coming up some really key levels there. And I think that given those long term investors um, will be looking at these sort of levels and, and sort of feeling that Q4 is an opportunity, the S&P 500, Q4 has is, always been the best performing sector, uh, sorry, the, the, the performing quarter uh, over history. So I think there's going to be some opportunities for investors uh, over the next couple of months. With those opportunities, Josh, would you be sticking to these big stalwarts with these super strong balance sheets sitting in the secular growth trends? Or do you think investors can start to 
look at anything really bombed out. I mean, like the banking sector in the US, probably ex-JP Morgan that's sitting there like Pac-Man ready to take over some other bank that might go to the wall. But is it a case of just you really to do be risk adjusted to get part of the rally? It's back to the stalwarts. Yeah, look, I think so. I think we can't sort of look away from any weakness that comes from sort of big tech over this sort of period. As we sort of mentioned, they're sort of leading this earnings growth. They were the sort of the names that sort of cut really early um, and are starting to see that come through in profit margins. They obviously have that tailwind of, of AI as well. But I think any sort of weakness around that time is going to be really positive because you know, we, we sort of do have a view of lower inflation and rate cuts on the horizon, you know, in sort of 2024, which obviously sets up a, a nice environment for tech. In that same view, you could obviously then start to have a contrarian you know, view and looking at those sort of rate sensitive sectors such as uh, financials or such as real estate. And these are sort of those beaten down sectors that I think, you know, the investors will begin to sort of try and find a little bit of value in. I also think you could you know, sort of look towards China. We, you know, we're starting to sort of think that that sort of economy has, has begun to bottom. Uh, you're going to have to play a bit of a, a long game there. You're going to need some sort of patience. But the valuations that are, that are in um, China at the moment look super attractive. They obviously um, will that that includes a lot of the risk that we obviously have going on in China, whether that's from the property market, whether that is from this sort of weak growth that we are sort of seeing or just that sort of broad Beijing crackdown that they've they have um, obviously uh, imposed in the past as well. So I think there are, you know, pockets of opportunities, but, you know, broadly, we're going to sort of stay with those stalwarts that are, you know, continuing to drive this market. Well, we will get some uh, really interesting information from them later in the week, as we said. Josh, thank you. Always nice to see you. Appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Josh Gilbert there from eToro. Let's get to some of these leaders and laggards taking a look at the leaders. And yeah, 44. That's pretty hard to beat. Absolutely. Exactly. Sire Resources up 44. ARB, I think they had a bit of a trading update um, up the almost 6%. ResMed, well, we've discussed that mm-hmm. one. In fact, we have discussed ResMed and healthcare. For the cows come home. Fletcher Building, they had a shocking announcement last week with their plumbing problems in Western Australia. So it looks like some bottom fishing there and also Fisher and Paykel up over 2% finding some love today. Laggards, let's take a look at that. You left me all the laggards to talk about, you meanie. New Sorry. Home, ex-dividend and qual prices. Pilbara, well, you mentioned shorts nominated, but just like pressure coming across commodities really today. Yeah, lithium prices again, yeah. falling, falling. Mineral Resources was actually named as a bonus buy on the call today. You can watch it or listen to find out by whom. And the next company, Illumina, was also touched upon, not discussed, but I got the feeling both my guests... We're pretty interested, perhaps, in Illumina and uh, Paladin Energy. Look, both my guests on the call said that uranium, called it a story, a narrative, (laughs) Um, you know, didn't put much stock into what was going on there. All right, small mid caps, um, a lot of the same sort of story being told here and flipping the page. We've got, yeah, just a motley crew crew here from mostly uh, the resources space 
as well. Oh gosh, so what is on? Uh, what have we got on overnight? Well, oh, this is this week, it isn't is. it? Because it's such a busy week. It's like all these, um, you know, statisticians, statisticians, and, and statistics. Every, yes. Okay, thank you. And all the everybody got together and said, let's not put anything out on Monday because there's nothing overseas really either tonight. No. But a big week. Absolutely huge. So the Bank of Canada rate decision. We've got U.S. Re, re, real GDP. The PCE report in the U.S. is towards the latter part of the week. Yeah. ECP, oh God, I'm getting, I'm so tongue-tied this Monday, ECB decision, Aussie inflation. But they're also just work, worth noting there's some um, flash estimates of global PMIs. So that'll also be quite interesting mm-hmm. just to get the state of play there. Yeah, I think we get those sort of starting to trickle in tomorrow. Correct. We also get the weekly consumer confidence read from the ANZ. Yep. That comes tomorrow. And there's a whole lot of AGMs. Oh, it is AGMs galore. So we could have more price volatility, share price volatility as a result. So, you know, whichever way we cut the cake, um, as uh, Josh said, that wall of worry has got a little bit bigger. But nevertheless, uh, hoping that some really good earnings, particularly out of the US, could lift markets out of the funk. Oh, there we go. So those flash PMIs, also Governor Bullock speaking tomorrow. Touched upon that. Yeah. Mm. AGM, done all of that. Okay, market yeah. wrap. Let's all right, drum roll. <laughs> so I still have the ASX 200. You might want to stand to correct me. Uh, down uh, by about 56 points or 0.8 uh, of a percent, uh, 6,844. SIBO 200 off by nine tenths of a percent, almost 12 points. So, Why would I need to correct you? I don't know, because it might no. have updated on your <laughs> You're screen. Good. Good. You're all good. Um, what I think is interesting as well throughout the day is we've watched e-minis in the US, so S&P 500 and NASDAQ e-minis trading positive. Yep. Um, so who knows? Who knows I mean, where we'll it'll see. go, hey? We can but hope too that we uh, don't see an escalation in the Middle East. I dare say a lot of it will come down to that as well as whatever happens at oil and bond yields. You know, even in Japan, we continue to see bond yields rising. Yeah. So that will be inevitably what we'll be talking about tomorrow morning when we see you, when we're live, right? In our, well, not that early, I don't think. <laughs> 9.30 anyways, we're live in the morning. I hope you have a good night. Have a great one. Mm-hmm.